Hi there, everyone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the word of your power. And we are open, Holy Spirit, to you as our teacher this morning. Come and teach us. Come and show us your ways. Come and impart life to us as we listen to this message. We're so expectant, Lord. Come and do it once again. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm really excited. It's always a privilege to be sharing this word with you. This is the word of God that we are preaching. And I don't want to take it lightly and I don't take it for granted. I want to go straight in and share with you Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through to 9. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I want to say this from the get-go. It is one thing to do good. It's quite another thing to do good consistently for a long time. And when we look at this scripture, we see that the harvest is not always immediate. And I don't know what you're going through right now because we're living in challenging times. These are tough times for so many people as we go through this pandemic and we see the after effect of this pandemic. But I'm telling you right now, we need to keep faithfully sowing and one day we will reap a harvest sowing into the spirit sowing into the things of the spirit and you see when you look at this passage of scripture in Galatians 6 it's interesting it says let us not become weary in doing good so a lot of people are good at doing good but they don't last a lot of people are good at doing good but they only do it short term then he goes on to say, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I believe that many people today have not seen their harvest because they've given up prematurely. Imagine being a farmer and there you are, you sow, uh, you plant, and then before harvest time, you give up. Now, a farmer would never do that. A farmer is expectant, but I think it's easier for them sometimes because they know when the harvest time is. Very often we've sown into so many things, right? We've sown our time, we've sown our talent, we've sown our treasures into so many things. But we give up before we receive the harvest because we don't really know when harvest time is. I believe as we walk closely with the Lord, he will give us a revelation of when that harvest time is. And we keep pushing. Sometimes he doesn't show us, but we must keep pushing. It says in the proper time we'll receive a harvest if we do not give up. The sad thing today is there are many people who've been called by God, people who had great ministries, people who are accomplishing great things for God. And now today they are uh, maybe selling insurance. And there's nothing wrong with selling insurance if that's what you're called to. But there's this great calling on their lives, but they're now doing something else. The last thing I want to experience is be on my deathbed one day and think to myself, I didn't fulfill my purpose. I didn't fulfill my purpose. You see, I love to study the science of success. 
I love to study the signs of success. I love to study. I'm very curious about studying why some people make it and why other people don't make it. For me, that's interesting. Why do other people make it? Why do some people not make it? And a key question in research has been, why do some people achieve more than others of equal intelligence? And I'm telling you right now, the key answer, the key answer is grit. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, grit. I'm going to start off by sharing with you um, the answer to the question, what is grit? What is grit? It's a term a lot of people use nowadays. Some people think it's actually a slang term, but it's actually a psychological term. And you see, grit is a non-cognitive trait which combines individual perseverance and passion to achieve an end state. So it's that combination of your perseverance and your passion to goal accomplishment, your passion to achieve an end state. So we can't talk about grit if we're not also going to talk about goal setting. We can't talk about grit if we're not going to talk about perseverance. It's very important, the combination of the two. Okay? Grit is the commitment to long-term goals despite the obstacles. Right? And that's what I often say to people. I think it was one of my kids who asked that question just the other day. They didn't know I was going to be preaching on it. You know, and they asked, what's grit? It's commitment to long-term goals despite the obstacles. And the reality is that many people move on to other things because they didn't have backbone. And the sad thing is they're not aware of it. They'll say things like, I was bored. And I remember going through this. Sometimes I'll say to myself, I fired that client you know, or I needed another challenge. I wanted to move on and do this. And the Lord convicted me of this. And I started to be honest with myself. And I started to realize, no, the reason I moved on from servicing that particular client there is I was actually a bit hurt. I was actually a bit wounded, okay, because of A, B, C, D, right? It wasn't because I was bored. And sometimes we tell ourselves the wrong thing. And the principle here is I might have moved on because I was wounded or I was a bit hurt or I experienced some obstacle. But very often when you dig a bit deeper, you see that it's because of lack of grit. It's because of lack of grit. You see, grit, it, it speaks of maintaining high levels. It's when you maintain high levels of motivation and determination for an extended period despite the setbacks and the adversity that you face, right? It's that mindset you have to be able to do that. Grit is a mindset and mode that can become a habit to help you to finish strong every single day. How many of you have that mindset where you're saying, you know what, I want to end the day well. I want to end every single day well. You see, we are always finishing things, aren't we? You finish a day. You finish a year. You finish school. You finish a Zoom meeting. But the key is, how strong are you finishing? How strong are you finishing? I want to finish strong. I want to finish well. So finishing strong is a habit that we can actually form, isn't it? It's a habit that we can actually form because we have an opportunity to do so every day. And you see, when you aim to finish strong each day, it will actually help you to do the same long term. The reality, and I've said this before, that 10 years of your life is made up of moments. And so we have to manage those moments. There's a guy called Gary Ryan Blair who said, a ferocious concentration and fanatical execution is what you need to finish strong. I want to encourage you to finish strong. 
I want to encourage you to finish strong. I don't know what situations you're finding yourself in, but if you've got a God-given dream, if you've got a God-given goal, if you've got that, there's no reason to stop. And I want to show you how you can develop this. Now, although grit is primarily defined as a trait, okay, and usually when people talk about a psychological trait or a personality trait, the mindset they have is it's either you've got it or you don't, okay? Um, but I'm going to just qualify that a little bit and say to you, I believe that it's something that can be developed. I actually believe that it's part of our new creation in Christ Jesus. I believe that Jesus had grit. He was committed to that long-term goal, right? And he was going to die on the cross for us, rise from the dead, right? And despite the obstacles, he was focused on that. He set his face like flint and he was focused on that. He had grit. And because I'm in Christ Jesus, I also have grit, right? Uh, now, although it's uh, defined primarily as a, as a trait, um, there are other constructs that are similar to it, okay, like resilience, and they tend to be the ones that are seen as dynamic processes, okay? You can develop resilience, you can build resilience, etc. But I believe that you can also build grit. I believe it's something that you can develop. Look at James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, to show you why I think this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, so there are many kinds of trials. Sometimes we like to judge people and say, you don't know what I'm facing. You've never been through this. Well, you know what? They've also got their trials that they're going through, right? Because there are many kinds of trials. And so we must never judge people and think this person has it easy unless we actually talk to them and find out what their life is like. Okay. Goes on to say in verse three, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, perseverance is the primary facet of grit. So perseverance is something that can be produced. That's what the Bible says here, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know what this passage of scripture shows me? Shows me that perseverance is something that can grow in you. And when your faith is tested and you pass the test, then perseverance is produced. That's so powerful. Perseverance is, perseverance is something that can be produced. It's a dynamic uh, thing. It's a dynamic um, construct. It's a dynamic virtue. Okay? It's dynamic and it's a sign of maturity. Perseverance is dynamic and is a sign of maturity. That's what the scripture here shows us. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. So if I've got perseverance, I become mature and complete, especially if I allow it to finish its work in me. You see, many people begin to persevere for a while, but they don't allow perseverance to finish its work in them. Now, this passage talks about many kinds of trials, okay? And the word uh, kinds here, when it talks about many kinds, it's the word uh, poikulos, which speaks of colors, okay? So it's basically talking about many colors. So there are many shades of trials, and there are many shades of grit. You need certain type of, a certain type of grit to go through a certain type of trial. Now, we need grit in many contexts. For example, you need grit when it comes to finishing a race. That's one of the strengths my wife has. It's that grit. I remember some years ago when she started doing triathlon, one of her biggest fears was coming last in a race. Like, oh, will I just be left behind and I'll be uh, right at the back and I'll come last. And then she had a mechanical fault Something happened um, to, to her bike and she was in that situation. And I was so proud of her because uh, although she had to get off her bike 
tried to fix it. People, you know, they went through that whole process and so on. There she was, right at the end, coming last, but um, just running at the end of the triathlon because of what she had been through. And I'm so proud of her. She was not ashamed of it or anything. The very thing she feared happened in a very first triathlon, right? And the rest is history. She's done so well in her triathlons. But I look back to that first day and it's quite emotional for me because I'm saying to myself, she had grit. She said to herself, you know what? It doesn't matter what has happened. It doesn't matter uh, what trials and tribulations I faced. She had already pre-decided that she was going to finish and she finished okay, despite what she had been through. So I want to I wanna highlight that as an example. You finish a race, okay, completing your academic studies. That needs grit, okay. Loving a spouse who's difficult, that needs grit. Think of the scripture that says, if you are married to an unsaved person, you know, uh, you can win him over through your righteous deeds, through your uh, pure character, through your devotion to God. And the reality is that doesn't happen overnight. At a certain point, your spouse then sees that, wait a minute, look at this person's example. Look at their consistency. Look at their love and respect for me. Okay? But that requires so much grit to be in that situation. You see, it's one thing to say, oh, I love my cousin over there. It's another thing to keep loving someone who you are with 24-7, okay? Someone who you live with, someone who you sleep with, someone who you make financial decisions with. And some of you are in that space. It requires grit. It requires grit. Other people are in a space where they're establishing businesses. And establishing a business requires grit. I've shared this with you before that on average, they say in the retail industry, when you start up a restaurant, they say that on average, it takes seven times. On the seventh time, that's when it works out. Now, I know for some people, it works out first time. But they said on average, that's when it works out on the seventh time. So some of the people who are restaurant owners that we are seeing today in that particular industry, they're not necessarily the best, but they're the ones with the most backbone. They're the ones who are committed to a long-term goal despite the obstacles. You know, what's interesting for me is that intelligence has been seen as a big determining uh, factor for, for success and achievement, hasn't it? Okay? And it is to a large extent. Okay? There are many, many uh, things that you can actually predict based on someone's intelligence. But here's the interesting thing. The interesting thing is there's no positive correlation between grit and intelligence. Some of you are saying, yay, 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 yay. I know I'm not smart, but I can have grit, all right? But that's the reality. There's no positive correlation between grit and intelligence. It's one of the few constructs where there isn't actually a positive correlation. In other situations, they are positively correlated, okay? That's why many people are smart, but at a certain point, their smartness doesn't help them to achieve because they've got no backbone. They lack grit. And often they don't admit it, but they lack grit, you see. So if you're both smart as a person and you've got grit, then that's a powerful combo, right? Problem with a lot of smart people is that they were only rewarded for their smartness. That's all they were rewarded for. I remember speaking to a group of smart people, smart people like you, all right? I remember speaking to a group of smart people and I said, you know what, to be on this particular graduate program, it was something I was lecturing on, this graduate program, you, you are the cream of the country. I know you're smart, all right? And I said to them, do you know the problem with smart people? Here's my concern. Some of you might be overtaken by people who've got what I call the other stuff. And I asked them, what's the other stuff? And they mentioned emotional intelligence, right? 
uh, assertiveness, resilience. And it's so true. And one of the main aspects of the other stuff is grit, is grit. And I said, if you're not careful, you'll be overtaken by people who've got the other stuff. Because the problem with a lot of smart people is that's all they were rewarded for. They passed their degrees cum laude. You can do that. They got the science prize at school. They got the maths prize at school, the English prize at school. Whatever the subject was, they got the prize. And then they ended up coming up with a misbelief. And this was, what, this was their misbelief. My smartness alone will get me to the top. And then a few years into corporate, they realize it doesn't work that way. I need other stuff. I cannot rely on my intellect only. Some people get caught up in intellectual pride and then they start wondering, but I thought I was smart. And the sad thing is they become what's called the brilliant jerk. You know what the brilliant jerk is? It's that person who's hired by the organization because they're really clued up. But the problem is no one wants to work with them. And how many of you know that as you rise up as a leader, you have to get results through people. But how can you get results through people who are always avoiding you all the time? Listen very carefully because this might be you. I want us to come to a place where we say, I want to embrace grit. This thing of having long-term goals mixed in with a passion for those goals and then pushing through with perseverance despite the obstacles I face. When you're that kind of person, you're a person with grit, you see. And here's the thing. Grit is distinct, but it's similar to other constructs like perseverance, like hardiness, like resilience, like tenacity, all right? So, for example, resilience is the ability to bounce back quickly, right, from a setback. But the unique thing about resilience is there must be a setback in the process, okay, because you're bouncing back from something. With grit, there doesn't have to be a crisis, right? There doesn't have to be a crisis to ignite grit. It's something that's in you that rises up from the inside, Here's the thing, grit provides the stamina to stay the course, to stick to it, right? Um, and it's been defined, it's been identified as a better predictor of achievement than intellectual cap capability. It's actually been seen that it's a better predictor of achievement. You see, grit also has to do with something I find very interesting, which is consistency of interest. So the two, two uh, component facets of grit are firstly perseverance, followed by consistency of interest over time. You see, I look back at my life and I think of times where I've lost interest in certain things. And as a result, I, I never mastered those things. When it came to my music, for example, you know, at junior school, I was doing music. I was learning the piano, but I lacked grit. You know, I was fortunate enough to have some of the best teachers where, where I grew up. Some of the best teachers, music teachers, renowned teachers. But I ended up giving up because of lack of grit. I remember at junior school, I had a teacher called Miss Osborne. And she was amazing at piano. She was well known in the music world, uh, music teaching world in Zim. And she said, Paul, you've got so much potential. You've got potential. And I took that to heart. Then when I shifted to high school... I had a different teacher, and the experience was different. I'm not saying there was anything wrong with them, but it was just a bit of a culture shock for me, right? And I gave up because I lacked grit. You see, I didn't see it as this at the time. At the time, I made excuses. I said, let me focus on my studies. Let me do other things, you see? But the reality is I stopped when I faced obstacles. I was not consistent in interest. And I see, I see this in how I changed from piano, uh, started playing the melodica, started playing the trombone, then shifted to trumpet because they said, I think you need something with a smaller mouthpiece. Then I struggled with my cheeks, 
you know, <coughs> you're trying to blow the trumpet. And then afterwards, it was guitar. And for some of you, if you just stuck to that particular thing, you would have mastered it by now. But the thing is, you get distracted easily. You lack grit. I'm not saying you can't change your mind in life. I'm not saying if you see that, wait a minute, this business thing is not working, you shouldn't shift and try something else. But if you've got a God-given goal, push through and achieve it. Because sometimes when we don't push through, we end up never mastering anything. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's the same with running. A lot of people say, I hate running. It's terrible. It's terrible. And that's literally because whenever they run, they're just not fit. So whenever they get up and run, they, they associate running with something negative, something extremely painful. But the fitter you get, the more you can enjoy it, right? Especially if you're just going to do a casual run. If you're going to be running fast, I don't know, it's not always easy to enjoy it if you're running fast for long distances, like I said last week. But the point I'm making is sometimes you have to give things time in order to shift from a place of discipline to a place of delight where you actually really enjoy it. There's some people who used to dread public speaking, but they have now gone to Toastmasters, they've gone to these debating clubs, and they now actually enjoy it. But if you spoke to them years ago, they would say, mm-mm. That's just not me, Paul. That's just not me. And I keep saying to people like that, you've got a limited definition of who you are. You don't really know who you are. So be very careful when you're quick to say, but just, that's just not me. I, I, I'm not like that. Because you're defining yourself based on your past. And your past is wounded. Your past is uh, limited. Your past is fearful. We're going to talk about uh, fear and uprooting fear quite soon. You see, a lot of people are good at getting things done but they're not good at doing so for a long time. In order for us to be successful in life, there are things we have to do for a very long time. Are you willing to do certain things for a very long time? You know, in football, many of us like soccer, right? In football, the teams that win the Premier League, for example, the English Premier League, right? There's a lot of prestige around that, isn't, isn't there, right? But they build up points over a long period of time, right? And there's prestige and people are like, oh, if you win the Premier League, that's the thing. Why? Because you need grit for that. Whereas certain teams that will win uh, a very brief knockout competition, it's not that prestigious. Why? People will say you didn't need that much grit for it. But with the Premier League, long league, many months, you need grit. You need grit. So my question to you is, are you able to keep on keeping on even when it seems futile? Are you able to keep on keeping on even when it seems futile? Farming requires grit. You can work so hard sowing, but you only reap much later. Have you got that kind of patience? Have you got that kind of long-suffering? We need it. This is, this is Christian character. I'm talking about getting things done, but we have to continue getting things done. It's not a once-off. Doing God's will is not a once-off. And when I talk about that word long-suffering in scripture, it's like in the Greek, it's the word makrothumos. Makro meaning distant or far, and thumos meaning suffering. So it's long-distance suffering. Can you suffer for long? Some people are sprinters, not because they can't be long-distance runners. Many of us grew up as sprinters simply because we didn't want to suffer long. So the sprinting training was much easier than the long-distance training. And we didn't understand why people would go out in the bush and just go running for a long time and suffer. You know, where it feels like you can taste blood in your mouth and you want to puke. Why would people do that to themselves? You know, we would wonder about that. We didn't have the macrothumos, the long-suffering. And I believe that we need long-suffering when it comes to loving people who are unlovable, who are difficult people to love. 
And this is a powerful Christian trait we must have because Christ had it. Okay? Parenting requires grit. Giving requires grit because you don't just reap your harvest immediately. Sometimes you don't see the harvest and then one day you see it. Someone once said, we overestimate how much we can accomplish in one year, yet we underestimate how much we can do in 10 years. Could it be that you've judged yourself based on what you have failed to achieve in a year? Yet, if you had spent a few more years on that particular thing, you would have far exceeded your expectations. Just think about that. You see, here's the thing. Grit is long-term execution in the midst of adversity. Long-term execution in the midst of adversity. It's one thing to say, we're doing a church plant and to uh, go in church plant mode for one or two years. It's another thing to push through for 20 years, to push through for 15 years, okay, without seeing a lot of results. It's another thing. And I believe that this is a thing that God wants to put in each one of us. I want to show you this video clip because I believe that it paints a good picture of what grit looks like. Life can throw you some curves. And it's not just the things that you see coming, but sometimes it's the things that you didn't see coming that hit you out of nowhere, that set you back in such a way that it seems like you can't get over. And you've reached your limit and your bandwidth is full. You already said, I can't take another thing. And then out of nowhere, here comes something you didn't see coming and you're in it. And in your homes, somewhere in your heart, these words are echoing. Am I going to make it? When you get into a tight spot and everything goes against you until it seems that you cannot hold on for a minute longer, never give up then. For that is just the place and time that the tide will turn. There are times when your energy feels so depleted that you want to give up that it looks just totally impossible. And I can tell you from my own personal experience, don't give up then. That's when you've got to fall forward, when life is kicking dirt in your face. Don't give up then. That's when most people turn back. As long as you're alive, there is hope. You're still alive. You're still here. It's never too late. That it's never too dark. And we can always turn things around. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be dark days. But you got to embrace it because that pain is what makes you stronger. Pain is the high cost of growth. If you want to grow up, you want to be mature, there is no way to do it without pain. You can't grow up on easy street. And the very thing that discourages you is the very thing that develops you. No one's coming to save you. No one's coming to save you. The only person that's gonna make a drastic change in your life, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the only person that is going to dig you out of your hole is who? You, you have to do it for you. You've got to become courageous to stand up within yourself, to face it and step forward. We all get a taste of that victim mentality, the why me? You can become the victim of the situation or the victor of the situation. You need to be the master of your emotions, not let them affect you. You are the dictator. You are the captain of your boat, whether you let things affect you in a negative way or a positive way. I don't lose. I only win or learn. In life, there's only winning or learning. 
All your problems become gifts once you learn from them. And some of you have allowed adversity to make you stop. And I'm telling you right now, don't give up. I'm telling you right now, don't give in. Get through it. Execute, execute, execute. In the midst of adversity, execute. You're going to work through this. You're going to get up. You're going to get dressed. You're going to get out. And you're going to do what you've been called to do. You're going to be what you called to be. And you're going to prove that everybody that tried to break you, everybody that tried to kill your dream, you're going to prove all of them wrong. And if you can work through your pain, I'm guaranteeing you, on the other side is a reward. Pain is not permanent. Pain is temporary. I trust that ministered to you in a powerful way. You see, there are times when you have a God-given goal and you know that you need to just keep pushing, that that's all you need to do, to just keep pushing. And one area we see this in is prayer, isn't it? That's why sometimes we talk about pushing in prayer, push. That's a powerful acronym for pray until something happens. And you see, prevailing prayer requires grit. And so my question to you is, are you a high grit person? Are you a high grit person? You see, the high grit individual can achieve their long-term goals without receiving positive feedback along the way. Their lives are not externally referenced. This is so important. There are a lot of people out there who get started on a project but because they're not receiving good feedback from people, because they're being ignored by people around them, they start thinking, what, what are these haters doing? What's going on? Maybe I should just stop doing it. They've got a blank slate in terms of their self-concept, and they're waiting to be affirmed and validated by people around them. And when no one says anything, they don't even have to have negative feedback, just no feedback. For them, that's already a cue. Because remember, they're hyper-vigilant hey, about this. That's a cue that I'm not doing the right thing. And they stop. One of the key characteristics of people with high grit is they push through even when they're not getting positive feedback from their environment because they're so focused on that particular goal. They know like they know like they know that this is what I need to do and they keep pushing through. That is grit. And often when I see people who've got grit, I can pick up that, you know what, this thing is gonna happen. Whether the, whether the parents like it or not, whether the siblings like it or not, this thing is gonna happen and this person is gonna be so good at it. I was speaking to a family recently, I think they're probably watching so they know who they are, but um, their daughter wants to study medicine and is about to go to university. And for a long time, she's wanted to be a doctor. And the parents would try to speak to her and say, um, why don't you look at other options? You know, be a bit flexible. And she was just like resolute about it. And when I saw this type of grit in this person, I realized that, you know what? Uh, regardless of how she does academically, whether she gets perfect scores or not, etc., this person is going to become a doctor. She is going to become a doctor. And that's the thing about grit. And I've seen this in a number of people where they're so strong when it comes to, doesn't matter if I get negative feedback, I'm still going to push through. You see, some people score high when they're tested on things like achievement orientation. Now, when you're someone who's high on grit, you do want to achieve. But here's the difference. Here's the difference. Achievement orientation by itself can be short term. I achieved this, then I achieved this. I'm an achiever. I need a new challenge. I'm an achiever. But what happens with grit is, grit, you're resolute and you're not thrown by the obstacles. 
a lot of high achievers today are thrown by the obstacles. That's the unfortunate thing, you see. So some of these people who scored high on achievement orientation are over-reliant on external validation. They need it. And sadly, this ends up derailing them from accomplishing long-term goals. I want to ask you a question. Can you hear the Lord affirming you in hardships when everyone else is silent? This is so important. In our walk with the Lord, it's so important that we can still hear his voice saying, I'm pleased with you. Well done, good and faithful servant. I'm pleased with you. Don't worry about the crowds. You're doing this for an audience of one. And you keep pushing and you keep pushing. Some people wonder, why does Paul produce so many books? Why am I doing so many books? I, it's an obligation. Sometimes I'll get revelation from the Lord. He'll show me various things. And I say to myself, the world needs to hear it. But you know what? I'm going to keep doing it, whether the books become bestsellers or not. I'm not over-reliant on, oh, I got this like. Because I've seen, you can get many likes, but then some, someone still, people still don't buy um, you know, that particular book. I realize it's an obligation. And I know that at some point, the harvest will come. Not necessarily for me, not for my ego, but for God's kingdom because of the principles that are being shared because I believe in them, right? And you see, what I've realized is sometimes we can be sowing into the next generation. There are many people who only became famous in the next generations after they died. After they died, people like Van Gogh, you know, when it comes to his paintings and his artwork and so on, he was only famous after he died, right? And there's some, and there's some of us where we're saying to ourselves, you know what? Even if the breakthrough comes and it's for another generation, that's okay. I'll sow now because my mindset is multi-generational. This is so, so important to understand. If, you, if you're someone who lacks grit, very often you're a short-term thinker about everything you do. So you tend to be attracted to things that give you a quick turnaround, you know, make you feel good. Oh, I did this and I got the praise now. Oh, I did this and everyone noticed me. But when we're people of grit, we can do things for the next generation. I'm benefiting so much from that. You know, I've read biographies of some of these great reformers, right? Long gone, centuries ago. But their material is still here today. Your John Wesley's, right? your Charles Finney's, right? Powerful revelation, powerful things they did. And we're benefiting from it today. Your Andrew Murray's, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So can you hear the Lord affirming you in hardships, even when everyone else is silent? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 to 39, it says this, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Now watch this. Because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to live lives that are driven by eternity. What's the thing that gives you grit? What's the thing that gives you tenacity? What's the thing that gives you hardiness? What's the thing that makes you resilient? What's the thing that gives you makrotumos? Okay, long-distant suffering. It's this. Because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. You've got that goal, that great prize that you're living for. And in verse 35, 
So do not throw away your confidence. Confidence is something you can actually throw away. You know, some people say, oh, you took away my confidence. Oh, you intimidated me. People don't take away your confidence. That's something you're in charge of. You can throw away your confidence. You can throw away your hope. It says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to, what's the solution? To persevere, to have grit, so that when you have done the will of God, so it's not a once-off, so when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith. That's a key. That's a key. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. How many of you have been shrinking back from certain things? This is God speaking. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Don't shrink back from the purposes of God. Embrace grit. Embrace grit. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. That's the consequence, by the way, of shrinking back. It's not like you shrink back and you remain in some kind of neutral uh, position. You shrink back and you're destroyed. I want to remain positionally right with God. I cannot afford to shrink back. It says, but to those who have faith and are saved. You know what this passage teaches me? It teaches us basically that doing the will of God is not a once-off act. It says, having done the will of God, and it's talking about long-term, right? It is about endurance. It's not a once-off act, it's about endurance. The recipients of this letter had grit, and they persevered because of the clarity of their hope. The clarity of the hope, their hope. My question to you is, what's your hope? What's your desire? How absorbed are you in it? Is your vision clear? Many people have a vision, but it's not clear. You see, by definition, grit is always linked to a long-term goal. What's your long-term goal? And here's a key thing you can do very practically. Commit to finish before you start. Before you start a particular thing, make a commitment that I'm going to finish it. You see, sometimes before I go for a run, I like to tell my wife how far I'm going. Right? How far am I going to run? And I do this so that there's a commitment and there's accountability. This is so important. Okay? And she's actually coached me on that. She said, like, so what are you going to do? You need to, say, you need to tell me what you actually, how, how far you're going to run. Because if you don't tell me, then, you know, when you start feeling sore and start feeling tired, then you'll stop. Right? Or you'll just say, ah, oh, let's just cut the run. Okay? So commit to finish before you start I like what Gary Ryan Blair says. says, you can't finish what you don't start. And you should never start what you're not committed to finish. That's very powerful. In James chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. One of the things I learned from this scripture is that grit has a reward. Grit always has a reward. There's a reward. Keep pushing through. In this time, in this pandemic, people are losing loved ones. Some of you have lost loved ones, people close to you. One of the guys in the church was telling me about how uh, they've been receiving letters, emails, where there'll be lists of people who've died. Oh, there are these five people who've died, colleagues at work. People are going through times of bereavement. People are losing fathers, siblings, brothers, 
sisters. But I want to encourage you, don't let that stop you from execution. Don't let it stop you from execution. In fact, many of the people who passed away around you, they were great people, people you loved, people who lived for God. Rather look at their lives and say, what can I learn from this? How can it inspire me? This was a life well lived. How can I take some of that and use it? I encourage you to do so. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But you keep your head in all situations. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. Watch this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. I want to encourage you, fight the good fight, finish the race, and keep the faith. You see, measure your life by how you finish, not how you start. We all start off well. We had many people we were at school with who were radical Christians, but today when we look at their lifestyle, they haven't finished well. We've got many friends who had varsity with us. They were radical Christians, but today they're living a different lifestyle. Measure your life by how you finish and make a decision that you're going to finish strong. You see, what's happening here is Paul is encouraging Timothy to do the same as him. He's urging him to endure hardship. Why? So that he can discharge all his duties. Just look at how it's worded here. It says, but you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Here's the thing. Many people are not discharging the duties of their ministry today. Why? They're not enduring hardship. You see, when you're facing persecution, very often what happens? You end up feeling offended, offended with God. You get into a victim mindset and you're like, why should I be doing all of this? I haven't seen my harvest yet. I'm telling you now, your harvest is coming. Embrace grit. So let's pray now that God helps us to keep executing in the face of adversity to have long-term commitment to goals and to keep pushing through despite the obstacles. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're showing us concerning grit. And right now we activate the spiritual quality in the lives of every single person who's listening to this message. We thank you, Father God, that you help us to endure hardships, whatever we are facing. Father, we know that trials come as many kinds of trials in many, with many different colors. And we pray, Father, for each person that is listening today, whether they're facing trials in their families, whether they're facing trials in parenting, whether they need grit when it comes to starting a business. I pray, God, that you ignite us to see this as part of our Christian character and to rise up with per perseverance. And Father, I pray that perseverance will be produced in us as we pass these faith tests in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. I want to encourage you to keep coming to prayer. Prayer is one of those areas where we need to keep pushing through and pray until something happens. Join us in our Zoom prayer meetings that we have throughout the week. Have a look at our website. You'll see that information. Contact us and we'll encourage you to be a part of a prayer group. This is so, so important. Some of you are already part of that group, but you don't come that much anymore. 
keep coming and keep praying in agreement. This is so important. I want to encourage you, do not be wary of doing good. Doing good, especially to those of the household of faith, the Bible says. If you've got an opportunity to give, give. Give to one another. Show kindness to the poor. Continue to have a heart that is soft, a heart that is gentle. Keep loving the people around you. Sow also into the kingdom of God. You know, give of your tithes and your offerings. Be a generous person when it comes to your local church, when it comes to uh, kingdom uh, activities. I encourage you, do not be wary when it comes to doing good. God bless you.